0: everyone and welcome back to the Abiding in Him podcast. This is Christina and surprise I'm being joined today live um, by my friend David.
1: Hey there Christina how are you doing?
0: I am doing great how are you?
1: I'm well I'm, I'm always well when you and I get to hang out. (laughs)
0: Same. <laughs> so before we get started with our reading today i wanted um because i'm terrible at plugging people so i wanted you to talk a little bit about the other podcast that you are a part of
1: oh um sure no thank you um so i run a podcast called the intellectual podcast that's intellectual with an x um and uh, it's an entertainment podcast. I, I speak to creatives uh, from all walks of life, um, mostly in film and television, but also musicians. And, uh, you know, occasionally we have a scientist on. Once in a while, we'll talk to politicians too. Um, but it's a it's a show that I've been doing now for, well, we're in our 10th season. Um, and we've had, had over 300 conversations on that podcast. And uh, yeah, it's kind of my... My creative passion outlet, um, and I have a I have a blast doing it. And we've started doing it as video uh, as well. And listeners on Spotify can actually watch the conversations now, not just listen. So That's um, awesome. please check it out, and you know follow and subscribe if you feel like it's something you enjoy listening to. Uh, we're trying to get back to a once a week uh, release schedule, so. Awesome. those those schedules you know yeah <laughs> life happens
0: <laughs> I'm definitely finding that with this podcast but yeah. luckily I am not being too hard on myself with as far as trying to make sure the audio is good and the reading is super clear I'm just like one take and that's pretty much how we're rolling with with this podcast probably if I was doing like less frequent episodes I might be a little more Well,
1: yeah, you, you've got a pretty ambitious release schedule with daily releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, My, my podcast, the first year, the goal was one episode a week. Yeah. Now, granted, I have to bring in guests and, you know, there's time it takes to, you know, coordinate that happening and then, you know, cut it together and make sure that, you know, if somebody says something they don't want released, it doesn't get out. Um,
0: right,
1: but, um, once a week was, was an ambitious goal when I started 10 years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm trying to get back to that goal now,
0: <laughs> but also 10 years ago, you probably didn't have the resources that are available um, now, right?
1: Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, you know, cause I am a filmmaker, so I have a lot of the tools and I've had a lot of the tools for a long time. Uh, what's different now is. I don't have a producer working with me anymore. So I had a couple people who were producing back then with me. And so they helped make the schedule and coordinate the guests and I'm doing all of it now. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> also before we make this intro into its own podcast episode, cause you and I can talk for a long time. Days. Um, <laughs> yes. I was going to say anyone listening, if there's anything that you'd be interested to hear, David and I discuss, um, let me know. I'll put a question on Spotify on this episode. Um, because David and I have kind of toyed with the idea of doing a podcast together ourselves. So we're still just trying to look at what that would be about, what that would look like. So any ideas would be greatly appreciated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to hear a guy and a girl talk about?
0: Exactly. And what did I say? What did I say? The theme should be just like, just a guy and a girl. I can't remember, it was like just a guy and a girl who haven't figured things out trying to figure things out or something like that. <laughs> that's
1: about the gist of it. Yeah,
0: Exactly. So that that's, that's kind of what we're operating the basis we're operating on right now.
1: Yeah. a guy anyway. and a girl clawing their way through life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially nowadays. But anyway, okay. So without further ado, let's get this party started.
1: Deuteronomy. The Passover. Celebrate the Passover of the Lord, your God, during the month of Abib, because it was during Abib that he brought you out of Egypt at night. As the sacrifice for the Passover to the Lord, your God, Offer an animal from your flock or herd at the place the Lord will choose to be worshipped. Do not eat it with bread made with yeast, but for seven days eat bread made without yeast, the bread of suffering, because you left Egypt in a hurry. So all your life you will remember the time you left Egypt. There must be no yeast anywhere in your land for seven days. Offer the sacrifice on the evening of the first day, and eat all the meat before morning. Do not leave it overnight. Do not offer the Passover sacrifice in just any town the Lord your God gives you, but offer it in the place he will choose to be worshipped. Offer it in the evening as the sun goes down, which is when you left Egypt. Roast the meat and eat it at the place the Lord your God will choose. The next morning go back to your tents. Eat bread made without yeast for six days. On the seventh day, have a special meeting for the Lord your God, and do not work that day. The Feast of Weeks Count seven weeks from the time you begin to harvest the grain, and then celebrate the Feast of Weeks for the Lord your God. Bring an offering as a special gift to Him, giving to Him just as He has blessed you. Rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose to be worshipped. Everybody should rejoice. You, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites in your town, the strangers, orphans, and widows living among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and carefully obey all these laws. The Feast of Shelters Celebrate the feast of shelters for seven days after you have gathered your harvest from the threshing floor and wine press. Everybody should rejoice at your feast. You, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, the Levites, strangers, orphans, and widows who live in your towns. Celebrate the feast to the Lord your God for seven days at the place he will choose because the Lord your God will bless all your harvest and all the work you do, and you will be completely happy. All your men must come before the Lord three times a year to the place he will choose. They must come at these times, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Shelters. No man should come before the Lord without a gift. Each of you must bring a gift that will show how much the Lord your God has blessed you. Judges for the people. Appoint judges and officers for your tribes in every town the Lord your God is giving you. They must judge the people fairly. Do not judge unfairly or take sides. Do not let people pay you to make the wrong decisions, because that kind of payment makes wise people seem blind and it changes the words of good people. Always do what is right so that you will live and always have the land the Lord your God is giving you. God hates idols. Do not set up a wooden asherah, idol next to the altar you build, for the Lord your God. And do not set up holy stone pillars. The Lord your God hates them.
0: I think you could probably just read an entire book and I will. (laughs) (laughs) Your reading voice is just so good. Oh, thank you. Okay. So let's talk about all the theologically rich and super easy to talk about things that you just read. (laughs)
1: I'll let you lead that talk.
0: Great. I am i can't wait. I'm just brimming with thoughts and questions and all the things. Um, okay. So let's start with the Passover, which is where you started at the beginning of the chapter. Mm-hmm. So obviously love Passover and everything it represents. Um, I love even just hearing the word makes me think of them putting the blood above the posts of their houses in Egypt and the Holy Spirit passing over their house, not killing their firstborn. I just love how even the word Passover just is a reminder of that.
1: What I realized listening back to this to this chapter and really all the books that we've been reading, you've been reading specifically recently, um, is a continual reminder of their time in Egypt and yes. con- consistently the ceremonies, the, the rituals are all about reminding them of their time in Egypt and thus continuing to remind them that the Lord had delivered them from Egypt and from the, the situation they were in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So this is just a continuation of like continuing to keep the people remembering, which, you know, we hear, we hear in American culture a lot, how short American attention spans are. Yeah. And the, and the people of Israel had been walking for 40 years at this point, right? (laughs)
0: Like Mm -hmm.
1: like how short the attention span of man. Um, So I think it's. It's really interesting how many rituals, how many ceremonies are put in place to to keep that memory alive.
0: Yeah. And so in, I have Warren these Deuteronomy commentary open in front of me. And he says, Passover was the independence day for the nation of Israel. For on that night, the Lord not only gave them freedom from slavery, but also demonstrated his great power over the gods and armies of Egypt. So just thinking about, because essentially this, this chapter is going over the different feasts that God established to help Mm -hmm. people remember. And, you know, in our nation, Independence Day, there's lots of holidays that were established and we remember them by celebrating together, usually with food, but it's not like an American thing to do that. It was obviously established a long time ago. Um, and I just think it's interesting that, that he said that, you know, Passover is like the independence day of, of the nation of Israel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, mean, I think it's just in, in our nature as people to, to have days that we set aside to remember things. Because again, I think, I think we kind of know that we're terrible at <laughs> long-term memory on things. Yeah. Um, and certainly God knows that. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And I'm just trying to take it to a personal level. Cause that's more of like a nation level mm-hmm. type of remembrance. Like yeah. I'm thinking, is there anything in my life that. that god has done in my life that i would want to remember and like tell my children about if i ever have children or you know adopted children or spiritual children that aren't really my kids so i can send them home at the end of the day you know what i mean well i think Um, that's
1: why we celebrate (laughs) birthdays right like yeah and anniversaries and Mm -hmm. it's important to kind of keep keep the ritual alive of of commemorating those special days you know yeah. um, and like both of my parents have passed and you know it's interesting their birthdays mean a lot to me but their their transition day means a lot to me too and I, I commemorate them on both days mm-hmm. um, because their memory is is something that's important to me and,
0: yeah.
1: and both the memory of like hey they were born into this world once upon a time and also, Hey, they have moved on to the next life um, Mm -hmm. are both perfect opportunities to remind myself to think of them and remember them fondly, you know?
0: Yeah. And I know there have been times where my niece especially has come to me and said, you know, like, tell me about a memory that you have of me when I was little. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's just kind of interesting how all of us yearn for that. We all long, you know, to kind of take a walk down memory lane, what have you. And it really is, it solidifies so many things in your mind and in your heart when you're able to just look back and um, even through yeah. I'll say hindsight right. 20, being, being able, able to... to- to look back and and really knowing what we know now, having gone through whatever we've gone through, how we the lessons that we learned and the wisdom that we gained in walking through what we walked through without having to live through the emotions that we had to experience during that time.
1: If an ox or sheep has something wrong with it. Do not offer it as a sacrifice to the Lord your God. He would hate that. A man or woman in one of the towns the Lord gave you might be found doing something evil and breaking the agreement. That person may have served other gods and bowed down to them or to the sun or moon or stars of the sky, which I have commanded should not be done. If someone has told you about it, you must look into the matter carefully. If it is true that such a hateful thing has happened in Israel, take the man or woman who has done the evil thing to the city gates and throw stones at that person until he dies. There must be two or three witnesses that it is true before the person is put to death. If there is only one witness, the person should not be put to death. The witnesses must be the first to throw stones at the person and then everyone else will follow. You must get rid of the evil among you. Courts of Law Some cases that come before you, such as murder, quarreling, or attack, may be too difficult to judge. Take these cases to the place the Lord your God will choose. Go to the priests who are Levites, and to the judge who is on duty at that time. Ask them about the case and they will decide. You must follow the decision they give you at the place the Lord your God will choose. Be careful to do everything they tell you. Follow the teachings they give you and do whatever they decide exactly as they tell you. The person who does not show respect for the judge or priest who is there serving the Lord your God must be put to death you must get rid of that evil from Israel. Then everyone will hear about this and will be afraid, and they will not show disrespect anymore. Choosing a king. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, taking it as your own and living in it, you will say, let's appoint a king over us like the nations all around us. Be sure to appoint over you the king the Lord your God chooses. He must be one of your own people. Do not appoint as your king a foreigner who is not a fellow Israelite. The king must not have too many horses for himself and he must not send people to Egypt to get more horses because the Lord has told you don't return that way again. The king must not have many wives or his heart will be led away from God. He must not have too much silver and gold. When he becomes king, he should write a copy of the teachings on a scroll for himself, a copy taken from the priests and Levites. He should keep it with him all the time and read from it every day of his life. Then he will learn to respect the Lord his God, and he will obey all the teachings and commands. He should not think he is better than his fellow Israelites and he must not stop obeying the law in any way so that he and his descendants may rule the kingdom for a long time.
0: That was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So we switched from feasts to the government that God wanted to establish And the requirements for the people running the government. And also (laughs) what the requirements were for justifying stoning someone to death.
1: Yeah, something something that that Christ kind of overturned, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just thinking about the value of life. that Because God places a high value on life, obviously, because he created it but also here it just shows in what circumstances he's like okay that that life is going to end because of the evil that they committed and today you know people are like oh we, we want to rehabilitate people not have the death penalty and i'm i'm not saying that i want to i'm advocating for the death penalty in like more situations or whatever but i just think it's interesting how, how that works in the Old Testament and how the value of life is so different today because um, people advocate for rehabilitation of criminals, but then, you know, will um, hold life before birth so lightly sometimes. Um, and I, I'm not saying that, okay, I don't want to get into a discussion about abortion, but <laughs> I just think that's interesting.
1: Well, I think we're talking, you know, when you're talking Old Testament here to New Testament to today, you know, that Christ's teachings was as far away from these these times in the, in the Old Testament that we're reading about as we are to Christ,
0: Mhm.
1: You know, and like I think this the situational uh makeup of man and society continues to evolve and you know, and I think Christ in many ways was God kind of recognizing that the world is a certain way and here here was his effort to kind of acknowledge that we are who we are yeah and he wants to show his love to us even though we're 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 in many ways incapable of reaching the perfection that he would like to see us get to, oh
0: man, yes,
1: you know and um when I think about that distance, like how how God came about to 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 giving us the gift of Christ so long after the salvation of Israel from Egypt, mm-hmm. And I start to think about where we are today and how far we are from when Christ came to change the picture, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, Lord, like we need another change, you know, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like the world is so complex now Yeah. and so many things we grapple with are rooted in change, you know, societal change, technological change, things that just weren't even fathomable. In Christ's time. Mm -hmm. And we're, I think, left grappling with the kind of where, where do the teachings from so long ago sit with the kind of different understanding we have of the universe he created today, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the kind of finer point understanding of the laws of of nature, if you will, you know, right. Um, And, and, and. A much more nuanced understanding of the differences between conception and birth, and
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know all the stages in between, and you know that question of you know what is what is right and what is wrong is really hard for us to grapple with mm-hmm. um, when when there's so much presented to us that that wasn't known. Uh, Of the people at the time so, so long in in our past. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we're, I think we're left struggling with it. And I think it's a legitimate, understandable struggle that we all face. Um, Yeah. And I don't think there is a simple answer to it.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think because we are born, I mean, we're born into this world that's full of sin. We are full of sin, but it's really, we have to learn just how much, how incapable we are of obeying God and of, like you said, reaching that perfection that he wants us to have and left to our own devices, like we wouldn't have any shame because we wouldn't know Uh what we should have shame over. We have to be taught that. So this is God teaching the nation of Israel what holiness truly looks like and they had to learn it from him because they didn't know it on their own.
1: Yeah.
0: And now we have, you know, the Holy spirit that convicts us of things. Um, And it wasn't very often in the old Testament that the Holy spirit would, would come upon people. That was definitely few and far between. And when it happened, it was crazy, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's different today, but yeah, it's, Definitely an interesting difference. And we've actually hit 10 and a half minutes. So I don't want to jinx anything, but
1: <laughs> next going
0: <book>. strong. Yeah. <laughs> or next chapter.
1: Yeah. Deuteronomy 18. Here we go. Shares for priests and Levites. The priests are from the tribe of Levi, and that tribe will not receive a share of the land with the Israelites. They will eat the offerings made to the Lord by fire, which is their share. They will not inherit any of the land like their brothers, but they will inherit the Lord himself as he has promised them. When you offer a bull or sheep as a sacrifice, you must share with the priests, giving them the shoulder, the cheeks, and the inner organs. Give them the first of your grain, new wine and oil, as well as the first wool you cut from your sheep. The Lord your God has chosen the priests and their descendants out of all your tribes to stand and serve the Lord always. If a Levite moves from one of your towns anywhere in Israel where he lives and comes to the place the Lord will choose because he wants to serve the Lord there, he may serve the Lord his God. He will be like his fellow Levites who serve there before the Lord. They all will have an equal share of the food that is separate from what he has received from the sale of family possessions. Do not follow other nations. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, don't learn to do the hateful things the other nations do. Don't let anyone among you offer a son or daughter as a sacrifice in the fire. Don't let anyone use magic or witchcraft or try to explain the meaning of signs. Don't let anyone try to control others with magic, and don't let them be mediums or try to talk with the spirits of dead people. The Lord hates anyone who does these things. Because the other nations do these things, the Lord your God will force them out of the land ahead of you. But you must be innocent in the presence of the Lord your God. The Lord's Special Prophet The nations you will force out, listen to people who use magic and witchcraft, but the Lord your God will not let you do those things. The Lord your God will give you a prophet like me, who is one of your own people. Listen to him. This is what you asked the Lord your God to do when you were gathered at Mount Sinai. You said, don't make us listen to the voice of the Lord our God again, and don't make us look at this terrible fire anymore or we will die. So the Lord said to me, what they have said is good. So I will give them a prophet like you, who is one of their own people. I will tell him what to say, and he will tell them everything I command. This prophet will speak for me. Anyone who does not listen when he speaks will answer to me. But if a prophet says something I did not tell him to say, as though he were speaking for me, or if a prophet speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must be killed. You might be thinking, how can we know if a message is not from the Lord? If what a prophet says in the name of the Lord does not happen, it is not the Lord's message. That prophet was speaking his own ideas. Don't be afraid of him.
0: Mm. Okay so we went from the government leadership in chapter 17 to more spiritual leadership in chapter 18 and just the propensity i think of mankind to being manipulated and to following other ideas other ideal other ideologies other people than than who are truly speaking God's truth. Hmm. That's kind of what I got from that.
1: Yeah, reading it I kept thinking snake oil salesmen have been around forever.
0: Yes, exactly. They just peddle different things.
1: Yep. Beware the grifters.
0: Yes. And honestly sometimes they don't even look like grifters. I just think of churches I've been to where the pastor, preacher, whatever you want to call him. And the vibe that I just get when I walk through the doors is very much like marketing salesy. Like, I just feel like I'm watching one of those. (laughs) What are they called? Like the, the, what is it? Those things on TV that are trying to sell you stuff. (laughs)
1: the infomercials
0: infomercials yes that's how i feel sometimes when i go to certain churches like i just feel like i'm watching an infomercial for god and that's not how i want to feel when i'm going to church
1: yeah 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 my 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 personal like preference in a church is when i walk in i want to feel god i want to feel love and if i feel a sales pitch coming on (laughs) I'm totally taken out of it,
0: yes, exactly,
1: because God doesn't need to be sold to people, right um, and some of the greatest compliments I got from friends of mine who had not come to Christ, you know this is years ago when I was you know going to Baylor, and I had a lot of friends who were outside the church and outside of the the kind of box box of our Christian college as well right and Mm -hmm. one of the greatest compliments i was paid by one of my friends who did eventually come to christ was that he appreciated that i never sold him god i just showed him the love of god in the way i behaved and the Mm -hmm. way i um you know gently worshipped without you know, because a lot of people like throw it in people's face, you know? yeah. And it's like, no, my love of God has nothing to do with selling you on you needing to love God. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, if my love with God is strong enough, it will radiate and permeate on its own. Right. Because and that I, is the power of God's love.
0: Right. And I also think of if you're doing that, if you're doing a sales pitch, then you're selling a product and God is not a product. He can't and in, be contained and in introduced. some way.
1: You're making it about you. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. cause in the end, a sales, a sales pitch is like the salesman wants to close the deal.
0: You know, i like, it's right.
1: And it just becomes really artificial as opposed to leading by example, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's much more effective when we can just let love God's let God's love radiate.
0: Yeah. And also, like, the point isn't like trying to sell God like a product. It's to point others towards having a relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be more continual than just a one time, like, oh, let's have this conversation. And oh, yes, I want my life to change. So this is a one time thing I'm doing. And then just go away from there and nothing changes. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a life change this isn't just one time thing that you buy into and then that's it everything's you know so yeah that's that's what I got from that chapter so all right are you ready to read chapter 19
1: (laughs) am I am I ready
0: you're doing such a great job I'm just gonna let you keep reading (laughs) because I love this I love not having to read (laughs) right now
1: (laughs) All right, so Deuteronomy 19. Oh, There's my phone. Cities of safety. When the Lord your God gives you land that belongs to the other nations, nations that he will destroy, you will force them out and live in their cities and houses. Then choose three cities in the middle of the land the Lord your God is giving you as your own. Build roads to these cities and divide the land the Lord is giving you into three parts so that someone who kills another person may run to these cities. This is the rule for someone who kills another person and runs to one of these cities in order to save his life. But the person must have killed a neighbor without meaning to, not out of hatred. For example, suppose someone goes into the forest with a neighbor to cut wood and swings an axe to cut down a tree. If the axe head flies off the handle, hitting and killing the neighbor, the one who killed him may run to one of these cities to save his life. Otherwise, the dead person's relative, who has the duty of punishing a murderer, might be angry and chase him. If the city is far away, the relative might catch and kill the person, even though he should not be killed, because there was no intent to kill his neighbor. This is why I command you to choose these three cities. Carefully obey all these laws I'm giving you today. Love the Lord your God and always do what he wants you to do. Then the Lord your God will enlarge your land as he promised your ancestors, giving you the whole land he promised to them. After that, choose three more cities of safety so that innocent people will not be killed in your land, the land that the Lord your God is giving you as your own. By doing this, you will not be guilty of allowing the death of innocent people. But if a person hates his neighbor and after hiding and waiting, attacks and kills him and then runs to one of these cities for safety, the elders of his own city should send for the murderer. They should bring the person back from the city of safety and hand him over to the relative who has the duty of punishing the murderer. Show no mercy. You must remove from Israel the guilt of murdering innocent people so that things will go well for you. Do not move the stone that marks the border of your neighbor's land, which people long ago set in place. It marks what you inherit in the land the Lord your God is giving you. As your own. Rules about witnesses. One witness is not enough to accuse a person of a crime or sin. A case must be proved by two or three witnesses. If a witness lies and accuses a person of a crime, the two people who are arguing must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and judges who are on duty. The judges must check the matter carefully the witness who is a liar, lying about a fellow Israelite must be punished. He must be punished in the same way the other person would have been punished. You must get rid of the evil among you. The rest of the people will hear about this and be afraid. And no one among you will ever do such an evil thing again. Show no mercy. A life must be paid for a life, an eye for an eye, A tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot.
0: I literally, the whole time you were reading that, could not stop thinking about the verse that says, For example, suppose someone goes into the forest with a neighbor to cut wood and swings an axe to cut down a tree. If the axe head flies off the handle, hitting and killing the neighbor, the one who killed him may run to one of these cities to save his life. How often did that happen back then for that to be an example? Like, (laughs) check your tools, people. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) I mean, is it really like that, that frequent of an occurrence?
1: Well, having swung axes myself over the years, um, even a really well-made axe after enough uh, strikes against, you know, logs and blocks of wood eventually works itself loose.
0: But. So that
1: it just... actually happens probably more often than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> Even today, it happens more often than I think you would think.
0: Oh my word. Involuntary manslaughter by axe head. Yeah. Um, Okay, if we're moving beyond that, um, which I think we should because axes, am I right? Anyway, um, (laughs) I just kept also seeing the show no mercy, show no mercy. I mean, that's said at least twice in this chapter. And I know it's said in other chapters before this, that just shows me the seriousness God has about sin And completely, like, basically killing it at the root instead of just kind of trying to prune away or cut away sin. He, like, wants literally us to just kill it at the root. Um, Back then it looked like killing specific people, but today not so much, hopefully. Um, But that's what I got from that
1: yeah I, mean, I i i have a hard time with the old testament
0: yeah uh, it's a
1: lot because it is it is a a different god from the god that presents himself through jesus
0: yeah um, i mean it's it it's a different view or facet yeah, of god
1: I mean, he's angry and he's jealous and you know it the old testament's really hard for me always yeah. has been um you know,
0: uh, Well, what's great about the God of the New Testament, which like I said, it is the same God, but the God of the Old Testament, Christ was not there as an advocate between God and man. So God's full wrath was poured out on man for their inability to be holy. But today in the New Testament and today, because Christ died on the cross, He's like the intermediary between us and God. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see our inability to be holy. He sees Christ covering us. And so he doesn't have that wrath that he's pouring down on us if we're covered with Christ. Yeah. Which I think is so cool.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, last chapter we're talking about war. So I hope you're ready.
1: Deuteronomy 20. Here we go. go.
0: Yep. Jinx.
1: But I need to talk.
0: Okay, go ahead. All
1: right. Laws for war. When you go to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army that is bigger than yours, don't be afraid of them. The Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt will be with you. The priest must come and speak to the army before you go into battle. He will say, Listen, Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Don't lose your courage or be afraid. Don't panic or be frightened, because the Lord your God goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. The officers should say to the army, Has anyone built a new house but not given it to God? He may go home because he might die in battle and someone else would get to give his house to God. Has anyone planted a vineyard and not begun to enjoy it? He may go home because he might die in battle and someone else would enjoy his vineyard. Is any man engaged to a woman and not yet married to her? He may go home because he might die in battle and someone else would marry her. Then the officers should also say, Is anyone here afraid? Has anyone lost his courage? He may go home so that he will not cause others to lose their courage too. When the officers finish speaking to the army, they should appoint commanders to lead it. When you march up to attack a city, first make them an offer of peace. If they accept your offer and open their gates to you, all the people of that city will become your slaves and work for you. But if they do not make peace with you and fight you in battle, you should surround that city. The Lord, your God will give it to you. Then kill all the men with your swords and you may take everything else in the city for yourselves. Take the women, children and animals and you may use these things. The Lord, your God gives you from your enemies. Do this to all the cities that are far away, that do not belong to the nations nearby. But leave nothing alive in the cities of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Completely destroy these people, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded. Otherwise, they will teach you what they do for their gods, And if you do these hateful things, you will sin against the Lord, your God. If you surround and attack a city for a long time, trying to capture it, do not destroy its trees with an axe. You can eat the fruit from the trees, but do not cut them down. These trees are not the enemy, so don't make war against them. But you may cut down trees that you know are not fruit trees, and use them to build devices to attack the city walls until the city is captured.
0: There we go with the axe again.
1: Axe is an incredibly important tool.
0: (laughs) It is. I love how it says, these trees are not the enemy. (laughs) Just in case somebody's sanity snaps and they're like going to town on the trees instead of, you know...
1: Oh, yeah. I I read that as like, hey, you know, protect nature.
0: <laughs> Hug the trees. Hug Don't the trees. Cut them down. But if he they're was, not fruit he trees. He was speaking for the trees. Yes, he was. He was speaking for the trees. Um, what was? Oh, have you ever read the read the book, The Red Badge of Courage?
1: Long time ago.
0: Yeah, same. I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to. A lot longer ago than
1: you, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, But this just made me think of it when it was talking about asking them, you know, are you afraid? Have you lost your courage? You go home too, because we don't want you to, you know, Mm -hmm. have that infect everyone around you. And I just thought of how the whole time I was reading The Red Badge of Courage, and I, like I said, I won't pretend to remember exactly what it's about, but I just remember feeling that feeling of fear and terror at the thought of going to war. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that is so far removed from what life is like outside of war. Yeah. And it's is not something you can be prepared for. I don't think, I mean, I guess now with people playing video games a little bit, if you're desensitizing yourself to violence, but
1: it's just. Well, it's interesting, you know. In my own experience, um, Operation Desert Storm happened when I was in junior—not hu- junior, my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody was worried about a draft coming back. All the seniors were terrified that they were going to graduate high school and get drafted and to go fight a war
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: Middle East. You know, yeah, and. I was terrified of that possibility. Like I had no desire to go into the military. right? Um, And then you flash forward a number of years later, eight eight or nine years later, and 9-11 happens Mm -hmm. and I'm still me, still terrified of war, Mm -hmm. still believe that we should avoid it as much as we can. Right. But I went and enlisted in the army uh, after 9-11. I ended up for a number of reasons not being able to serve, but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like I had no hesitation at that point. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. It's, it's interesting how courage finds you sometimes and abandons you other times.
0: Yes. And I also think it's interesting the situations that are given here for not going, um, if you've planted a vineyard and have not begun to enjoy it. So they'd be like, dude, I got some grapes to attend to. Right. That's what I
1: I was thinking too. I was like, boy, there's a lot of like really low lying fruit here for, for basically saying I can't do this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or like I just got engaged. So if they didn't want to go to war, they could just get engaged real quick, which I don't, I don't think engagement was a fast process by any means back then. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> just thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, it's funny. My uh, my grandparents, my dad's parents. Um, <laughs> my grandfather was in the army during World War II, and uh, he was about to get, uh, he was about to get uh, sent to training, and then eventually deployed into the Pacific Theater. And uh, my grandmother and him were not a couple at the time; they were actually just friends, and they were dating other people, but like everybody kind of knew they were falling in love with one another, even though they hadn't acknowledged it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and my grandmother actually got the orders because she was the secretary of the base commander. And she started sobbing at her desk and the base commander came over and checked out why she was crying. And he goes, you know, bring Dawson up here, sends a guy out. My grandfather shows up and the base commander hands my grandfather, um, passes to to leave 48 hour passes to leave he says take her and you two go to reno and get hitched um and you can bring your your best your best man and his girlfriend because i know you four you all hang out together Mm -hmm. and go and get hitched because neither of you is going to be anything to the army if you don't take care of this before you leave
0: Mm, yeah
1: (laughs) and so they took off and got married in reno (laughs)
0: wow that is such a cool story
1: yeah well the flip side of that story is they got back after 48 hour leave he got shipped off to i think south carolina for training she didn't see him for nine months she met up with him for like a 48 hour meet in seattle i believe as he was getting ready to ship out to the aleutian islands then he shipped Mm -hmm. out to the aleutian islands and she didn't see him for two years
0: oh wow (laughs)
1: but they were married yeah wow yeah
0: that's nuts well thank you so much for being willing to do this of course um i know this is definitely a longer episode than my listeners are used to well i think
1: they're gonna realize every time i come on it's a long episode
0: (laughs) and i mean that's fine I mean, we did the entirety of Job together, but the way we did it was a little different than this. Yeah. But I definitely liked this.
1: No, this is fun. It's always fun to hang out with you, Christina.
0: Yeah, and it's always more fun to read the Old Testament with friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or just having it read to me like you just did. So thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, we'll have to do this again soon.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you know, congratulations on your podcast. I'm I'm really proud of you keeping it up and and sticking with this uh, devotional reading of the Bible, like you are. Um, I know as a fellow podcaster how hard it is to stick to a schedule that you've set for yourself, um, yes. and that that you've committed to to yourself and to God. And mm-hmm. and I I uh, I applaud you for continuing it and keeping up with it. And I listen every day.
0: Oh, so. thank you.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for sharing the word with us.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.